Blog Talk Radio.
Eyes on Chicago, August 20th to the 23rd, as Chicago welcomes the first annual Black Wall Street National Conference. Joining us in our efforts in sustaining and increasing black business. To register, visit www.blackwallstreetdistrict.com and listen to Black Wall Street USA, Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com slash cbbn. This ad was sponsored by Chicago's BlackBusinessNetwork.com. Join us today and touch the world. Welcome back to Black Wall Street USA for Thursday, July 15, 2010, with your host, Mr. Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's BlackBusinessNetwork.com, and I will be Mr. Carter's co-host for this segment. Black Wall Street USA is on the air every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. In addition, you can listen to a rebroadcast of our show on Saturday mornings at www.wjpcchicago.com from 11 a.m. to 11 from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. We want to thank the general manager and Tony. Antonio Chappelle of WJPC for opening the doors and presenting this show to a larger listening audience. Once again, you can listen to our rebroadcast Saturday mornings at WJPCChicago.com starting at 9 a.m. Our caller number is 347 347-326-9477. 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. Press the number one if you would like to speak to one of our guests or if you have a comment. We appreciate last week's guest. That was Raynald Tatum, who is a board member of Black Wall Street Chicago from its inception, as a matter of fact, and host and producer of Talking Success, as seen on Access Cable Channel 21 every Tuesday night. And Tori Muhammad, who is the founder of Being Soup Times. He is also an author and has his own blog talk radio show. That was a great show on marketing and advertising strategies for your business. And one thing that Tori said that stayed with me all week, Tori was in my head all week, is that you got to plant your seeds. And believe me, that's what we've been, we've been doing over here at Black Wall Street Chicago. I know I'm, I'm going fast and going slow. I'm almost out of breath because I've been over here planting seeds, building a foundation. We're clearing a path that leads to August 20th, 2010. All eyes on Chicago as Black Wall Street Chicago prepares to host the first Black Wall Street National Convention and Summit scheduled for August 20th through 23rd. This historical event will celebrate Summit 13 for our Chicago base. These summits have been held each quarter since the inception of Black Wall Street Chicago in May of 2007. That's what drinking too much coffee does for you people. <laughs> that's, what, that's what's wrong with my tongue. Tori and Renault will be hosting a workshop on marketing and advertising for your business. You keep an eye on our Facebook pages and on our national website, which is BlackWallStreetDistrict.com, for updates. Now, on Saturday, August 21st, we'll be hosting about 15 Ron Carter Keeps Adding workshops and seminars. Uh, we're going to bring our host on in a moment, and we want to ask Ron Carter what his vision and goal is for these workshops. But let me just give you a rundown of them. Uh, Women in Business, Legislative Plan of Action, National Overview of City Planning, Black Contractors, Black Wall Street Chicago Youth Agenda, Business Networking Strategies, International Trade, 
black church economic agenda, follow the money, strategies for black Wall Street districts, black to green national sustainability agenda, product development, marketing and advertising strategies for black businesses, business development. And as I search begin, we're finding that we have an unlimited amount of talent, uh, an unlimited amount of people who are motivated and dedicated to the concerns surrounding our communities. And with your con- cooperation, we know that this uh, summit and these workshops will be beyond the expectation of the convention attendees. Now, if you're interested in being a panelist for any of these workshops, please give us a call at 312-239-8835, 312-239-8835. Once again, you can visit us at blackwallstreetdistrict.com. Mark uh, S. Allen wants you to know that he will be joining us this evening. We titled this uh, show Round 3 because every time, yes, every time Mark Allen steps out, steps out into the ring, he comes out swinging. And so we're we're gonna we're gonna do this once again, uh, the state of Black America, because it's not a one show, the one day, uh, one convention discussion. The state of Black America is twenty four seven. And this time we, we want to go a little further and talk about the state of the Black mind. That's what we're gonna go, dive into that a little bit, and that's not an easy discussion. Mark S. Allen is associate editor of South Street Journal, but you see him all over the place. Rob, would you be sure to ask Mark what it is that he does? Because you know what? Inquiring minds want to know. Uh, let's see who's on the air here. Uh, Ron Carter? Good evening, Sonia. Welcome to the show, Mr. Carter. How are you? I'm doing very well. And how about yourself? I'm doing good, doing good. Working up a sweat, working on this 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 convention coming up in August. What's going on over there at Black Wall Street, Mr. Carter? Well, you know, as Stevie Wonder says, it's hotter in July, building up for August. Yes, so it is. it's not just the heat that's on us; it's the the the, the passion and the drive to uh, have the first national summit of Black Wall Street here in Chicago as we build up for it. The momentum grows, the excitement grows, the tension grows. And when I say tension, I mean that the issues are beginning to fold into a well-defined call of action as the uh, agenda of the workshops that you just laid out is uh, making it even hotter in July. And maybe we'll have some cooler heads when it comes down to August. But right now it is hot. It, it most definitely is, and uh, we're up to day 36. You know, we count down, Mr. Carter. We are counting right. down to the convention. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're on our email list, you can, uh, you can give me a call, get on our email list. We count down to the summit every day. Every day is something new going on over here. Now, one thing I want to let our listeners know is that Mark Allen uh, will be the facilitator for the legislative plan of action, and we'll let him talk about that a little bit. Uh, Linda Carter is the moderator for Women in Business. One um, one workshop I like to to, to point for you to uh, speak on a little bit. What is this Black Church economic economic agenda about, Ron? 
Well, we are very pleased that uh, Reverend Elijah Hill from uh, Texas has stepped up to the plate and to take uh, a leadership role in helping to gear that. Uh, I had a conversation with uh, Reverend Hill on the sensitivity of the black church when it comes to economics. Uh, Reverend Hill heads up the uh, National Museum of African American Religion. And uh, going on his website, he definitely has a true representation of religion. Uh, and from the Muslims to Judaism to Catholic to Protestant to Baptist to any type of religion that blacks are associated with, he has his museum to touch on it. With that in mind, I indicated to him from the beginning of Black Wall Street, we always had on our agenda, whether we have a call of action or not, there's always discussion regarding the church when it comes to economics. Um, with that in mind, uh, I've indicated to him that this is not about, per se, religion, but how can we engage the church into the economic agenda, the black agenda? And he stepped over the plate and said, I know what you're talking about, and it will be done. And I want to get a clear understanding that he understood where we are at when we're talking about the church based on we have not, in the three years that Black Wall Street has been in existence, have not been able to capture that church roll call, that church call to action when it comes to uh, business and economics. And so he indicated that he wants to take on that lead to engage the church community in a call of action in addressing economics, not to the point that a lot of people would say, well, running a church is a business. Well, that is for the church internally and running their church like a business. But we're looking at the community collectively with that church being a part of it. And um, even though we have churches that are, um, um, what do you call it, mega churches, and we have smaller churches, but we understand that on some business trips in the city of Chicago, the business trips are only busy doing uh, church. But when the churches leave, then the the, the church, the, the the business trips become uh, deserts again. How do we get the church to step up to the plate to engage and to support uh, sustaining and increasing black businesses, taking in full consideration that many of these churches have business members, um, uh, members of their church that are business people? How do the church be able to use their capital to buy blacks? How do the church uh, use its message through its congregation to have people to step up to the plate to be entrepreneurs, to invest their money into black economic uh, initiatives. So the, the church agenda is a part that we have continually to have our frustrations in pulling it together. But thanking uh, Reverend Hill for wanting to uh, 
make this happen. And in doing so, we have had maybe about four to five churches uh, where members or, or pastors, rather, that have stepped up to the plate and said, count me in. I want to be a part of this panel. And so we welcome that. And the other part of it is how we're going to manifest the message of that workshop to actually helping to sustain and increase black businesses. So thank you, it Ryan. Is, right. Great. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Ron. <laughs> you got it, Sonia. Yeah. And you brought that down very well. And uh, and it is a, it is a difficult area because it's a it's an area of great sensitivity. Uh, some are going to step up and some are going to step out, and that's that's the way I'm 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 getting that gist. But and that's fine. One of them that did step up is Pastor Curtis Rogers. Uh, we confirmed with him this week that he would be part of that panel. So he's one of them that's going to step up. That's the Mid Austin Chamber of Commerce, and we look forward to having him as part of that panel. Now, uh, we did a previous show with Pastor Rogers, and you can listen to that in our archives. One of the other workshops that I'd I'd like to mention is follow the money. People have great difficulty with that concept, follow the money concept. And I I had a conversation with someone uh, this week about it and explained explained it to them as best as I could, and they still had difficulty grasping the concept that every product, every product produced has a money network, a money line connected to it. Somewhere uh, it had to be produced, manufactured, uh, where whatever happened to it, it was planted, folded, stapled. There's a money component into every product. And if you follow the money line, follow the money, what happened? You get it. Is that right? You get it. If you follow the money and stay focused on that, then you would get it. And with that workshop, it goes beyond just following the money. And once you follow the money and see where it's at, the workshop of follow the money is similar to an organization that exists here in Chicago. And it's called Chicago Able. It's an organization of approximately about 42 black businesses. And these black businesses have a gross income minimum of $2 million in order to be a member of it. They also have a, a requirement that the membership is a $5,000 membership annually a year. And the other uh, requirement is that they do not discuss anything within their meeting if it don't have anything to do with following the money that would benefit their individual business. Some of these uh, members uh, is um, uh, aerial capital management, uh, WVON, uh, Indigo Magazine, uh, um, computer solutions, uh, so uh, R.J. Dale advertising. Uh, so these are businesses that have a focus of they do nothing but follow the money 
as it relates to their membership. So once we have this membership, people that attended, we want to bring them to the next step in following the money for their own benefit. So these are groups that are going to come in this room, and they're going to target and talk about the next step of how they're going to assist each other in following the money to make sure when they meet again, they're going to give a report on what they did in following the money to capture an economic base for their own particular business. So it's not just following it. It is the workshop is about follow-up. And then follow-up is a report on what actually happened so that those businesses are able to reap the financial benefits. And, but the issue is with Project ABLE, in which Black Wall Street has been in communications with them, it's not just about their business and their growth and their riches, but how do they kind of spin off to make the community at large to benefit from their expertise. So we're going to benefit from each other's expertise within that workshop of following the money and monitor exactly what each one of those businesses that are part of it that's going to help generate their funds. There will be some requirements, maybe not a requirement of $2 million gross income or $5,000 annual membership, but there was going to be some requirements of so that we do not waste our time on daydreamers in following that money. So it is we probably could add an amendment to that workshop that follow the money uh, amended to say the follow-up to following the money and then another in, uh, amendment to what actually happened that it was a deal, a sale, closed to help sustain those businesses that's part of that workshop. So it's all implementation type of driven opposed to conversation of frustration in us uh, developing these workshops. And I think that uh, as, as we talk about the workshop and the summit these next six weeks, that uh, those who listen to us will have a greater understanding of the differences that uh, will come out of this. It is not just about presentation. Some of them will be. Some of the workshops will be about presentation. But some of them, some of them, such as follow the money, such as the marketing and advertising strategies for black business agenda, um, those will be about follow-up and follow-through and what's going to happen with those businesses uh, within the next 90 days because that's what right, we want right. to do. And we don't want it to be a stopping point. You walk in the door, you walk out, that's the end of it. I got I got a booklet, I got a piece of paper, and I just went to a workshop on uh, product development. That's not what we're talking about here uh, August 20th to 23rd. You are going to walk in, but when you walk out, 
we want to hear from you again in 90 days. That's the difference that we're making here. Uh, oh, yeah. And and uh, the facilitator for that is Mr. O.B. Wordlaw and Ms. Earlene Thomas, who are Black Wall Street members. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. This is blogtalkradio.com slash CBBN. Uh, our host is Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, and I'm Sonia Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com. Join us today and touch the world. Now, we have Ms. Sharon Harris, who stepped up to the Black and Green National Sustainability Agenda, and that sounds real deep. And you know what? She's real serious about that, Ron. She's real serious about that. We're not going to go all into that. But Ms. Harris is one of our newest members, and she is so green serious that you have got to come. And be a part of this workshop with her and Miss Naomi Davis. What is Miss Naomi Davis's uh, organization, Ron? Blacks uh, and Green. Okay. That's the what it's her? called. Blacks and Greens, and they're focusing on the technology of the Green Initiative, which is based on um, uh, energy conservation and not just energy but the, the recycling of energy and recycling of, of, of in the construction field to make uh, the uh, material and property um, energy friendly, uh, reducing the cost with um, energy saving or recycling. So Blacks and Greens is her initiative, and she definitely has been on that agenda for some time now. And she's been to the summit, she's been to our reception, and now she's going to be at this national um, summit in August. And I want to mention uh, one other workshop, and next week we'll, we'll go into some of the other ones, Ron, because we want to, people to have an understanding of what's going on and come over and be a part of what's going on and know the difference of what we're doing in these workshops and presentations. Now, the one, the other one I want to mention is international trade, and that is because I have, uh, I have to think about language, which is like follow the money. We're not used to hearing those terms, follow the money, and that's why everybody looks puzzled when we, when, when we say that to them. What you mean? Because we're not used to hearing those words together. International trade. We're not sitting around the coffee shop talking about international trade. Not yet. But uh, Kuma Brooks is the facilitator for that particular uh, workshop, and boy, she's working that. She's she's very exciting, excited, and uh, she's got people involved with uh, trade from all over the world, and she's got people excited about this workshop. So uh, we're very fortunate. Uh, Kuma Brooks is a Black Wall Street board member, and this international trade workshop is designed to provide an understanding of empowering empowering the African American and the other black African nations and communities uh, on international trade. Have a discussion like we talking about the TV show that went on last night about international trade. And the reason I wanted to be sure that I mentioned that is Ms. Coma Brooks and her guests um, will be on Black Wall Street on the 29th to talk about international trade, to begin this dialogue, to make this dialogue a part of what we do. 
so we want to be sure that we tune in that evening. And before we go to Mark, I just want to mention too, Ron, on July 22nd, Black Wall Street just jumping, Ron. Ooh, this list is so long, but I'm not going to go through the whole uh, calendar events right now. I'm not going to go through that right now, but I am going to go through it after break. But I do want to mention that on July 22nd, where we going to be? You know where you're going to be, Ron? Where you going to be? I'm sorry, what was that again? July 22nd, where? Hello? Hello? You can't hear me? Can you hear me now? Okay, okay, I got you now. July 22nd, where are you going to be? We're going to (laughs) (laughs) July 22nd. We're going to be, let me look on our sheet here because we can't. Right you know why I did that? You know, you know why I did that? It's so much going on. Ron don't know where he's going to be. We just keep adding to this list. You know Every what? July, day, 20, July 22nd, you're right. We're going to be on, uh, we, matter of fact, we're going to be on 75th Street, but uh, right. we, haven't, we haven't got the, the exact location. We're looking at the... Um, uh, the uh, brown sugar, but that haven't been totally confirmed yet. And the purpose of that is to reach out again to the 75th Street uh, business people, and as we, they're going to be a prime example of the Black Wall Street uh, uh, Summit. So we, yeah, the, it's going to be on 75th Street. We're looking at brown sugar um, uh, bakery, but we just haven't got that confirmation just as yet. Well, I'm going to give you a surprise. Oh, we do you have are. confirmation. Yeah, we do have a confirmation. We do. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Brown well, we're there. Bakery. Yeah, we're there. 328 East 75th Street. And guess okay. what, Mr. Carter? What's we will that? be playing a live taping of Black Wall Street USA on that Thursday, July 22nd. You're going to need a vacation soon. Well, lives, those live broadcasting, uh, I see that those are some of our best as well when we do those broadcasting live. So that should be very fun and exciting to do it uh, uh, right from the event itself. That's right. Brown Sugar Bakery, that's Thursday, July 22nd. We're going to be there from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. The taping starts at 7 p.m. Stop by and uh, join us for the live broadcast. It says cookies, cakes, cobblers, cheesecakes, cupcakes, and more. Get your sweet tooth fixed. That's mm-hmm. right. All and right. Uh, for more information, you can contact Ms. Sharon Harris at 773-344-2679. Now We can have some fun with you sometime, <laughs> Ron. Yes, I know, Roger. I know. You're going to need a vacation, you and Ms. Carter. Y'all gonna, you're going to be running out of here August 23rd, but that's okay. Well, but you know, we got another summit three months later now. Yes, Mr. Carter, I know. Yes, we Thank do. You. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mr. Carter. You listen to Black Wall Street USA, our host, Ron Carter. I am Sonia Purdue. Mark Allen, Mark Allen. Mark Allen is with us tonight. Let's bring him on the air. Welcome to the show, Mark. Yes, hello. Can you guys hear me? We hear you. How you doing, Mark? Well, you know, the things that I thought I was going to talk about, listening to you guys now, totally changed my whole thought process about what's on my mind right about now. (laughs) But I'm I'm glad to be here and have the opportunity to speak to the people. Okay. 
So, uh, tell us, Marco, what happened with your mind that changed? What gave your mind that flip? Well, because, one, i got to stop thinking about how educated I am and, and analyzing things with my professional education and go back, to the, go back to the old school of common sense. And when we didn't have uh, the Blackberries and the, and the Facebooks and all this technology, I like to go back to the old school when we moved our people based upon common sense and, and not through a paralysis of analysis. And I think, you know, when you look at the state, I heard you mention the state of our minds. I think we're, the black America has lost its natural mind. I think that what we need to be doing is giving black America some Hall of Shame awards for the condition of our people. God has blessed us just too much uh, uh, to where we are today to be living in the conditions that we are. They have to have summits to bring people together to, to, to once again talk about some things that other people already know. And, and so we need to do it because we got to do it. It's our calling to fulfill, but it's embarrassing that in 2010, we have to go through the analysis of, do we need legislation to do this? Do we need to train our people to do that? But, you know, it's like the old days of that down south where, where they, when you got sick and, and, and the great-grandparents made you take castor oil. Didn't nobody want it. It was nasty, wasn't it? But it was good, and it healed Oh, yeah, I remember so, so, well. so I remember those days. Oh, my goodness, I hated Grandma and everybody for making me take that castor oil, but at the end of the day, I sure felt better. So maybe convening this summit and, and bringing people together, we got to look and take us some castor oil and, and, and know that we may not like what we got to say, but somebody got to say it if we don't keep going through this paralysis of analysis because somebody got to stop analyzing and actually go and do the actions how are you going to make it, some grown people take some castor oil, Mark? That's 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 oh, kind man, of sometimes you, sometimes you got to force feed people. Oh gosh, man! Well, because are I think you, you know, know about that. I mean, you you know, you know I'm, I understand absolutely, I'm absolutely you, sure. Okay. Well, you know, because see, I remember. See, we, we got to go back when we looked at this this taping some time ago about this series about from Obama. I mean, from Dusabo to Obama. Oh, man, it touched my heart. Because, see, back during those days, we didn't do a whole lot of analyzing. If somebody said, brothers, we've identified some, let's go. We believed enough in those brothers and sisters to say, let's go. Now, if somebody says, hey, we need to move on so-and-so. Now, while other ethnic groups move on those issues, the first thing we do is, well, why? And who? And what? And let's meet again. Let's get a committee. I mean, Jesus. It, it is absolutely insane to me that after all these years, I mean, how did Dr. King and, and, and Ralph Abernathy and Rosa Parks and all these leaders before us, how in the world did they lead a movement the way they did with no blackberries, no fractures, yeah, uh, no, no are, federal expression? Are you telling us we got to get rid of the, the technology? No, what I think what saying? we got to do is realize this. It's one thing to take technology and move forward. But what I'm simply saying is, how did leadership before us lead us so far and gain so much who didn't have all this? So you would think Mark, that Mark, now that we Mark. do have, hold on, hold on, you asked me a question, let me ask a question. Now, how do we now come in 2010 with thousands of black elected officials, billions of dollars in the black economy, more, we're back to sophisticated apartheid. So we fought for Nelson Mandela, saying we didn't like apartheid, but here we are in Chicago with 60% black population and one white Irish man down on the fifth floor, run everybody. 
I mean, where well, is the heck are we doing? The leadership, you stated that how we let leadership uh, lead us this way. Now, I know that can be a blanket statement. Can you give us an example of what leadership are you talking about so that the audience can be clear? Because that seems to be a blanket statement when you say leadership, because a lot of times people look at Black Wall Street as leadership. Are we leading our people? or So who are you talking about? Can you give me some examples of sure. leadership think, that's doing that? Here's what happens. Here's what happens. And, and the beauty of it is, let me preface it by saying this. One, you know, I'm 48 years old now, but I was blessed enough to have gotten involved in the movement when I was 11 years old. And to be able to work around the likes of Emmett Till's mama and Rosa Parks and, and Reverend Lowry and, and Mr. Coretta Scott King and some of the other activists and to watch how we have the united front when we have a movement, when, 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 when leaders put their differences aside and say, look, what ten things can we agree on and let's move on them, we did that. And so now today, here we are. How do you, how, how do you, how do you explain to people that you live in a city like Chicago that has the Reverend Jesse Jackson, Minister Louis Farrakhan, the biggest black talk show host, the biggest black preachers, the biggest black aldermen, the biggest black churches, the biggest black economy, all this power, and for 20 years since the Deborah Harold Washington, we can't get together and get more than 10% for black people to have contracts while people dying in the streets. we got a problem when we keep coming to the middle and saying, what can we have done? Well, maybe we need to go back to the old school and do like the leaders did before us and put our differences aside and say, what do we have to do to move people forward? But instead of doing that, why you? Why now? Why not next week? Let's talk about it. Let's analyze it. Do you have an and, example and, I mean, of some people that, 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 is, that is, let me explain something to you. Everybody has to take a part of this. Because here's, here's how we get, here's how we get separated. When you go to any organization, Black Wall Street has its successes. Urban League got its successes. Nation of Islam got its successes. The Alphas got their successes. The Capitals got their successes. Black, uh, Chicago Black Business Network. You name any group in town, anyone you name, you go to their website, paraphernalia, and they're all walking on water, doing what they got to do to survive the people. But at the end of the day, if everybody's achieving all this, why are we still living in the murder capital of the world? Why are we still walking around well, here? Then why are we with all those because successes? Why do you say that we, we are? Because we're systematically stuck in the paralysis of analysis, and won't nobody, uh, 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 a lot of us don't you challenge that down with this, the, the paralysis of analysis. Sure. Are you saying that we are a analyzing too much of our issues when you say paralysis of analysis? Absolutely. So what are you saying that we are stuck in? That, I'm saying to uh, you, if you go back, for instance, I used to work for Chicago Urban League. And every year the Urban League has a national convention, and the, and the thing that they release every year is what? The State of Black America. And if you read those State of Black America reports, you change a few I's and dot a few more T's, it's the exact same report saying the exact same thing, but just how much worse it is. When do you stop analyzing how bad it is, and let's have an agenda for how good it's got to be again? And so, okay, well, Mark, let me that. catch you there. We got we got a couple of callers on the line with us. Uh, we have, matter of fact, we have two callers from uh, Oakland. Uh, uh, Sonia, who is our first uh, caller here? Okay, let's bring in the caller uh, with the last four digits of nine one eight seven. Uh, caller out there in California, you're on the line with Black Wall Street USA. Good evening. How you doing, Anna. caller? I'm blessed. I'm blessed myself. 
Thank you. And you're, you're calling from where and your name? I'm calling from Oakland, California. My name is Tim Patton. I am the merchant rep for Black Wall Street out here. You're, you're who again? Um, my name is Tim Cotton, and I'm the merchant okay. for the Black Wall Street out here in California, Oakland, California. Yes, how you doing, Mr. Cotton? Uh, welcome to uh, Chicago's Black Wall Street uh, Network of Black Wall Street USA. Glad for you to uh, be here. Um, we're talking about the state of uh, black America, uh, and also we're speaking about the, uh, the, the national summit that's coming up here in, on August the 20th. Uh, you have a comment or a question or a statement for us this evening? Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, with the caller that just, you know, that was just speaking, I agree with what he's saying, and that's the whole reason why this platform for the summit is very important for the black community. For us to okay. all get together and stop analyzing and just do it. You know, mm-hmm. um, in fact, I was calling to encourage everybody to go ahead and register and come out. You know, the only the only way we're, we're going to change our own destiny is if we get out there and be proactive with it. Right. So, um, uh, so I take it, uh, Mr. Cotton, that you're going to be at the summit in um, in August. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, okay. I'm very charged and very excited about coming out. Right. Well, Mr. Cotton, just a little um, uh, organizing here. I would like, for, if you can, to uh, talk to um, Sonia uh, at uh, once we off the air or at some point because maybe we need to have you a part of one of the many panels that we're going to be having here in Chicago as well. Not a, not a problem. I'll be honored. I'll be honored to do it. Thank you. Uh, is, uh, now, so as uh, Mark was indicating uh, the analysis or uh, of analysis in which you agree with him, how do you see that we need to break from that analysis of all of our uh, our problems, which is a bunch of frustrations. How do you, you know, we are looking at the summit as one initiative that's going to lead to many, but is there any direction that you see that we need to go? Well, actually, just coming together as one, you know, and um, sharing ideas and just working together to build up, you know, our our situations. You know, no matter where you are, hearing what he's saying, um, What's going on there in Chicago being the murder capital? Right here in Oakland, California, we are the murder capital as well. But when we stop are looking at... Are you saying at, that Oakland is the murder capital of the world? What are you saying? No, not, not, not of the world, but of this part of the, the region, of uh, you know, of California, Oakland is right there on the forefront. You know, in, in order for us to change that, we really do just have to stop analyzing, stop being scared to get out in our own community and open up businesses and just, you know, just do it. Um... One of the things about it is that once you start a business and you get everybody to patronize it by getting out there, getting in the community, and being on the forefront, then you, you tend to change things right there within your community. One black business opens, then that opens the door for other black businesses that want to come out and open as well. So once we stop being scared, once we, once we stop reading the statistics, once we stop letting propaganda get to us, once we let the, stop letting the media tell us, that you know is a dead area or it's a dead situation, then we 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 will be better and back on top. But the first step is to just get together and stop reading everything that everybody else is writing about us and write our own destiny. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Mark, as you indicated about the uh, for one example of the Urban League 
doing a a, a a analysis of analysis of a report on the state of the black America in which the report that they would have done 10 years ago is actually the same report. It's just changing the year. Uh, and they normally would submit that to the media. Uh, do you see how that is more? Uh, and then again, it's not just in Chicago urbanly doing these studies. Uh, different universities, through their students, do studies as well to uh, report an analysis of the state of black America. And they take that and present it to the media, and the media create a analysis, if you say analysis, again to the general public. Do is our problem more of a media on this analysis of analysis, or is it more of us as a people? Well, I think one uh, somehow or another, we've gotten to a point in our lives now where we've lost our faith. And and when you lose your faith in, in processes, you stop going to meetings. When you lose your faith in processes, you, you, you're too busy thinking about, no, you can't, versus, yes, you can, yes, you can. And when somebody say, how did you do it? You say, I knew I could. And I'm simply saying that's the kind of thought process faith without works is dead. And so people ain't working like they're supposed to do, as our history would suggest, because somewhere along the line we've got a whole lot of people with, 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 with this Negro amnesia. You wake up with a remote in your hand, not realizing the fact somebody had to march for that. And so you don't see the connection, but I'm telling you, we as a people are just an attitude away for turning our people back around and being lifted up where we belong. But I should be saying, but how do other, when I said this about myself, when I used to travel with the Rainbow Coalition, now I'm simply saying we travel all over this country and go to all these other ethnic groups. Now, now tell me why, didn't you tell me then, how do other ethnic groups who come here from bumps up somewhere, come to our conventions in America, they come to the workshop, and they ask questions like, how do you do this? How do you access land? How do you do this? And then we tell them, you know what they do? They say, thank you, and then guess what? By next week, they're doing it. Now, you tell me, how can they leave with that kind of agenda and get the very people who are the architects of it? Here we are again. Can we meet on it? Can we talk about it? Who's going to present it? And then by the time we wake up, the other people who got here that already took the information and ran right past you. Now, they in the store. They networking. They pooling. Why do they do this? And, and they don't have as much sense or power as we got. And here we are, the architects of it. And yet we're living in desperate, we're living in street desperation, as if we ain't got no sense. And I'm just okay. simply saying well, that. And, well, well, you know, I'm simply saying we've lost our faith, and 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 somehow or another we got to go back to the days when we really believed. You say planting seeds. See, you know, uh, building a relationship is. See, the seeds we planted back in the seventies and the seventies was we want power. Keep on pushing. Respect yourself. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. For God's sake, give more power to the people. And James Brown said, hey, don't ask me nothing. I get it myself. What happened to when we used to believe that and acted upon it to the day? Let's have another workshop. Let's talk it through. And let's come on back. And other groups who are not supposed to be as smart as us then, then took our model and passed us by right here in our own neighborhoods. And that's shameful. And somewhere along the line, we got to stop and give out some castor oil. And, and, okay, and, and, and let, 
Right. Now, you, you, even with that in mind, uh, even coming from Oakland, uh, as Mr. Cotton indicated, that you kind of, uh, if I can use that term again, paralysis of analysis, that Oakland is the uh, crime capital of their region. Who dictated that Oakland is, and if that is the case, how is that analysis being addressed from the source that make it that the uh, the crime capital of that region? Mr. Cotton, can you address that? Well, um, I'll say that because um, they're writing the reports, you know, it's not us reporting it. But it's, it's the, like you said, the college students who are getting out there to do a class project who is not necessarily in these areas or has ever been to these areas. You know, how can somebody in Connecticut tell me what life, you know, what life is in Oakland, California? But yet they have these people doing these researches and, you know, all these analyses and trying to say what's going on in our community. The only way that um, we can combat that or even stop it from happening is to change the way that it's art. We need to start doing our own reports. Because well, okay, let me tell so you what. Let me, yeah, let me, let me add a Mark, 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 excuse me one moment. Now, okay. since when you say that you are, uh, uh, again, I just want to get on that message that Oakland is the crime capital in that region. And as you indicated that you see somewhat of the source of who is doing that analysis, then is there any, um, uh, I guess, follow-up to address that analysis of that report that the people in Oakland is focused on? I mean, because, see, for example, the FBI here in Chicago called this one street here in Chicago, 55th and State Street, the highest crime area in Chicago, 55th and State Street. I ain't never in my life seen any crime going on, but yet the FBI stated that. But later on, the Chicago police uh, kind of counter-reacted to said that the FBI report was off base. So how do we, again, going back as Mark indicates, this paralysis of analysis based on the the direction that where we need to take wherever the source of the information that is saying our state of black America. Well, I think we just need to come back against it. We need to speak out against it. When when the reports are put out, then we need to get out there and actually turn that report around, you know, and prove them wrong. In mm-hmm. either, either so, but is, is it, I mean, uh, when you say prove it wrong, but as you indicated, is it actually correct that Oakland is the murder um, crime capital in that region. Is they correct with that analysis, as, as you see no. it? No, they're, n- they're never correct. They're, they're never correct. They're, um, okay. they're, like I said, these reports come from people who don't even mm-hmm. come from the area. You know, um, Like I said, mm-hmm. you can't be in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and to say mm-hmm. what's going on in Oakland. You know, you're going right. by uh, crime statistics, and you're going by paperwork that is given to you that's made available. Just like they mm-hmm. say that the crime in Oakland is committed by uh, predominantly black people, but yet we are the smallest class of people in Oakland right now. You know, there's mm-hmm. more Hispanics, there's more Asians out here who are committing the crimes. Uh, you let them tell it that 
all the gang members in Oakland are black, but actually, in actuality, there really isn't any black gangs out here. They're Latino gangs. So, mm-hmm. you know, okay. it's, it's just... But uh, Mark, no you want to... Okay. I'm sorry. Let me say this. And again, uh, uh, I think, once again, it's an indictment upon us who supposed to know better. First of all, if you're out here in the streets long enough, then you see... Uh, people being victimized by petty robberies. You know, I can tell you right now, right here in Chicago, if you go to the community meetings, there are certain areas in Chicago, they will under-report the crime because it affects the status of the neighborhood. And they won't wake up until one of their grandkids gets shot. And then you wake up and say, what the hell happened? Well, but one, you were sitting back with your little Negro amnesia self, disconnected from the poor people. You know, you depend upon poor people to march for you and fight for you, and, and you benefit from it. All oh, but look at the least of God's people, suffering every day, but as long as you're in the good neighborhood, you don't give a damn until finally that desperation hits you. Because you know what they say in the street? Where do you target the money? So the people that's uneducated know how to stand in front of the currency chain. They know that's where the money is. They know how to stand in front of the bank. They know where the money is. And now they ask the people, wait a minute, hold on. Then they ask the people in the good neighborhood, why are you praying on me? Because y'all got the money. And I'm simply saying that if you know that, wait a minute, if you know that, if you know it's an economic problem, you got to go in for a break real quick, okay? All right, go ahead, go ahead. So, Sonia, can we bring on the other caller before we go into the break? Yes, we could do that. You listen to Black Wall Street USA, and that's Mark. This is round three, Mark. We are, I understand. He told you, I told you he'd come out swinging, y'all. That's, that's All right. Mark S. Allen. And we're going to bring, uh, that's Oakland again, 8958. You're on the air with Black Wall Street USA. How you doing, Hello, there. Hello there. How y'all doing, Austin? Okay, is this Michael Carter? Uh, this is he. How is everybody? All hey, right, how are you doing, sir? Good to hear you. Okay, so we are uh-huh. discussing the uh, the state of Black America Part Three, and naturally we are looking at how the Black Wall Street USA play a part of this. Uh, can you give us an assessment um, of, of the state of Black America, taking consideration? Um, Mr. Carter is almost like another Mike, uh, Mark Allen. So we're going to take a break. So don't get too much in it, Minister. Let, let's hear from you. Well, now, you know not to do that to me, man. I, yeah, I, I just did it to you. I just did it to you. But, yeah, give us that assessment, even to the point of where Black Wall Street is at. And, you know, if you can get into that just a little bit, and then we want to go into that break and come on back. Can you do that? Well, yeah, I, I, I do want to say hello to uh, my brother Mark Allen. Uh, uh, brother, I feel your fire, and I, I hope to get some of that when I get there in August. Um, well, in a word, disobedience. Uh, the state of black America is in a, in a state of disobedience. And you must understand that wherever there's a problem, it's because there's a knowledge problem. There's a, a problem, a lack of knowledge. And I, my grandfather used to tell me, he said, you know, I know you remember that I whipped your behind, but I want you to remember why I whipped your behind. Indeed, and, indeed, indeed. And so uh, I, I'm going to stop there because I'll start my body of this, and I don't want to go there on you guys. Mm-hmm. Well, answer this here again. Uh, Mr. Cotton was uh, made uh, a statement 
that Oakland is known as the uh, uh, the the crime capital, so to speak, of the region uh, of in the uh, uh, Oakland area. Uh, how do you assess that as it relates to, as Mark put it, um, uh, a paralysis of analysis based on the source, and how do we address that? Well, first of all, I don't bog my members of Black Wall Street Oakland, and, and Tim, uh, Tim Cotton is the brother of the president of Black Wall Street uh, Oakland. I could not serve in dual roles uh, in fairness to the organization. Now, um, we have here in Oakland, well, just if you remove all the boundaries of cities, the cluster cities in the Bay Area, and just say that the Bay Area is one city, then Oakland would be considered the ghetto of that city. Uh, Governor Schwarzenegger passed us, uh, signed a bill where uh, 45,000 inmates would be released from the prison system. Uh, 6,000 of those will come to Oakland. E even if they didn't commit the crime in Oakland, they're going to come to Oakland. Why? Because Walnut Creek and Lafayette and Menlo Park and San Rafael, they don't want these Negroes coming to their area and, and, and trying to make a life for themselves for whatever reason. So if you remove the boundary lines of the cities in, in the Bay Area and just call the Bay Area one city, then what you have is a place where a young man has to decide as to whether or not he's going to, uh, 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 with a very low education, if he's going to sell drugs to get some money right now to buy some pull-ups for his child versus uh, working at McDonald's, knowing that's not going to be enough to pay the rent because of his educational level or the state of what's going on in Oakland. Now, let me just say, Oakland is a beautiful city. There are some great people here. But that's in every family and every community on the planet. This is a disobedience problem. And black America must, at some point, black America at some point must get tired of God looking down on your behind. You, you got to get tired of it. Now, okay, well, we're going to, uh, Michael, what we're going to do, we're going to go into this break and we're going to have you to call back because we're getting a little static from your line. Is that okay? Okay. That's Can fine. you do that? Yeah, I want you to kind of just hang up and just call back because there's a little feedback coming back from your line. Okay? Can you do that? I, I guess, guess you, you did. did more than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sonia, you want to take this break now? Or? We're going to take this break. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with our host, Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's BlackBusinessNetwork.com. And we want you to know our eyes will be on Chicago as Black Wall Street Chicago prepares to host the first Black Wall Street National Convention and Summit scheduled for August 20th through 23rd. You may also visit us at www dot blackwallstreetdistrict.com for more information. And for all of you that don't know, we want you to know that Black Wall Street Chicago has a weekly committee meeting every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. at the offices of the South Street Journal located at 449 East 35th Street. These meetings are open to the public. We just request that you give us a call at 312-624-8351, 312-624-8351 to RSVP. 
Our caller number is 347-326-9477. Our chat room is open. Please leave your company information in the chat room. And we look forward to you joining us on Thursday, and we look forward to you joining us for the summit, August 20th through 23rd. We'll be right back after this break with our guest, Mr. Mark F. Allen. My mind made up, ain't nothing gonna stop me from feeling this way. I'm feeling good, ain't nothing wrong with a good thing, and I'm making history on this day. Oh, I'm feeling good, I've been rewarded with so much now that I've learned to appreciate. Oh, and I'm feeling good, a great day to be alive, but this life never felt so great. But the reason for all this energy is because I feed off the power of faith, optimism, and positivity. And in case you didn't know it, the fun has started. And all efforts to maintain it cannot be done half-hearted. Now recognize, they say time flies when you're having fun. But I say, the more time you got for fun, the less time flies. The sun is rising, the birds are starting to sing. The flowers are blossoming, oh, something great is happening. And I'm feeling good. My mind made up. Nothing gon' stop me from feeling this way. I'm feeling good. Ain't nothing wrong with a good thing, and I'm making history on this day. Oh, I'm feeling good. I've been rewarded with so much now that I've learned to appreciate. And I'm feeling good. A great day to be alive with this life never felt so great. But the reason for this smile on my face and why I appreciate every breath. It's because I'm surrounded by a lot of love and respect. Plus, I realize the more we appreciate, the more we get back. And that's not theory, it's fact. But you want to know the real reason why I'm just grinning and cheesing? It's simply because I'm still breathing. The sun is rising, the birds are starting to sing. The flowers are blossoming, oh, something great is happening, and I'm feeling good. I got my mind made up, ain't nothing gon' stop me from feeling this way. I'm feeling good, ain't nothing wrong with a good thing, and I'm making history on this day. I'm feeling good, I've been rewarded with so much now that I've learned to appreciate. And I'm feeling good, a great day to be alive, but this life never felt so great. But the real reason I'm excited... It's because I recognize negativity and know exactly how to fight it. Plus, it's by my conscience in which I am guided. I am way too blessed to be stressed. For me, nothing is impossible. I am too reluctant to succumb to the pressures of worldly obstacles. The sun is rising, the birds are starting to sing. The flowers are blossoming, oh, something great is happening, and I'm feeling good. I got my mind made up, ain't nothing gon' stop me from feeling this way. I'm feeling good, ain't nothing wrong with a good thing, and I'm making history on this day. I'm feeling good, I've been rewarded with so much now that I've learned to appreciate. And I'm feeling good, a great day to be alive with this life, never felt so great.
Welcome back to Black Wall Street USA with our host, Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Perdue, his co-host for this segment. You can listen to all our shows and archives right here at blogtalkradio.com slash CBBN. First of all, I want to invite all of our listeners to join us at Chicago's blackbusinessnetwork.com. We have about 650 members, and about 80% of them are Chicago-based businesses. That's www.chicago's, with an S, blackbusinessnetwork.com. Last week, uh, we talked about a program at the Stewart School of Business over at the Illinois Institute of Technology, and I wanted to repeat that again. Illinois Institute, Illinois Institute of Technology is over here on 35th Street. They have a program beginning Monday, July 26th, and they are looking for those who are finishing their sophomore, junior year and maybe uh, those who may be considering a business career or pursuing a business degree. They have a program called Discover Business at Stewart. And it's a week-long program. They have six scholarships through that program, and it's a full agenda for the whole week. They take you on tours. They do a lot of things with those sophomores and juniors, and uh, they say they have about six scholarships for that program. It's normally $475 for that week. So you should call Stacy Harrison. You should call now. Stacy Harrison, if you have a sophomore or junior uh, in high school and they have an interest in business, and that number is 312-567-3979, 312-567-3979. What I'm going to do first is I'm going to bring back our host, Ron Carter, because I do want to uh, go over a few more events, and then we want to bring Mark S. Allen back on the line. That's our guest this evening as we discuss the state of the black mind and the state of black America, which is all entangled there, aren't they? Hey, Ron, you back? I'm back. And, um, we uh, started off with Mark Allen, and then all of a sudden pops up Michael Carter. Oh, my gosh, how am I going to do yeah. that? But okay. what I'd like okay. to do is there is a question and a concern that you talked to me about, Sonia, and that goes back to some um, some demographics of the state of black America. And some of the, the research, uh, again, going back to Mark's point of the uh, paralysis of analysis of the state of black America, that one report indicated that 3% of the people are a social problem. Uh, and then 13% of our population is incarcerated, and 33% of the population lives in poverty. And collectively, this leads up to 49% of the population in some sort of bad situation who are raising a child. Uh, then if that is the case, if we have a population of 49% that cannot be positive role models or available for a child, this leads to 49% of people seeking counseling of people who are not reputable, and such as drug dealers or gangs who are willing to take take that in consideration. So. If this paralysis of analysis of the state of black America is it a 
tool to organize or is it a tool to disorganize based on, again, the paralysis of analysis of black America? Uh, Mark Allen. Let me let me bring. I'm going to bring Mark back on the line now. But but may I say something about that analysis, Ron? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Before before I bring Mark going, and I just want to simply say, uh, Mark thinks we overanalyze. But if we do not analyze situations, we cannot address the issue. That's number one for me. My response. Number two to what you're saying. Put yourself in the place of a child, Ron, any child, a newborn child, 5-year-old, 12-year-old, 17-year-old, and you're turning to, number one, a parent who has mental and emotional problems who is not fully capable of turning to you. Number one, as an infant, you're in danger. Or as a 5-year-old, someone who may not be capable or may not themselves be educated or may be living below the poverty line, may not be motivated, then how do they inspire and teach you as a five-year-old child to learn, to respect, to thrive, to thirst for education and learning? Those things are difficult to come from someone who does not even understand, grasp it themselves, have the ability to communicate it, do not have the communication skills because they don't even know the words to say it to a five-year-old child. And I'm not saying People who are uneducated are ignorant. That's not always the case. Love will see you through That's a lot of That's not always the case? Is that some of the case, that they're ignorant? Well, some of the case, yes. Okay. People who are uneducated are not necessarily ignorant. Yes, sometimes it is the case. It's like people who are educated are ignorant. They had their days, too. So it's not about like that who? degree. <laughs> Say that again. Like who? I don't, I'm not naming names, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> well, you gonna, gonna put me out like that? I'm not naming names. You can well, look at, okay. look around, just just look around. Um, but anyway, that you know, put your put your just put yourself in a child's place, and without some type of guidance or way to turn, that 49 percent is a dangerous percent, and I don't think that's overanalyzing, Mark. I think that's a reality. I'm going to bring him back on the line now. I know he got something to say. Thank you, and, and Oakland is back, too. Okay. Uh, Mark, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. Well, again, your term, uh, uh, analysis of analysis, to the demographics of black America based on this survey that uh, a judge, Greg Mathis, uh, presented that 49% of black America is not equipped to be able to be role models to the point that, again, uh, as the reports indicate, that 13% of our population is incarcerated, 33% of our populations live in poverty, and collectively that adds up to 49% of the population in all sort of, in some sort of bad situation. So uh, that analysis, is that a tool to organize or is that a tool to disorganize? And what do we do with that type of paralysis of analysis? And see, once again, to me, very simple. You replace 
the desperate economic conditions that has produced the negative element, and then those of us with our super smart selves should be able to put together the legal economy by which we can then take care of the least of these. Now, how do we sit up here as we, one, one day, Ron, leaving the office? Here we are down here running a business and whatever, and after paying all our staff and whatever, we didn't have $10 between us with our business leader self. But we got down to the little neighborhood store. Now, here come these two guys, pants down, all that. But between both of them, who didn't have the education, but what did they have? Five to six thousand dollars in their pocket. Talking about, hey man, look here. I had to get my stance. Had to get my girlfriend, mama, some money. I still got money left over to get rid. Now tell me, with our super smart self, why we didn't we have ten dollars between us? And the least of our folks say, look here. While y'all down there, they down there develop their own market, develop their own staff, develop their own economy. They got five, six thousand dollars. And I'm saying, now you know what they do with it? The illegal economy is what keeps legal people working. That's shameful. And I'm simply saying to you is, so why don't we replace? And, and, and a clear example, we can talk about this in Oakland, Cleveland, anywhere you go. For the last year, I've been beating myself in the head asking a simple question. We got young at-risk youth, ex-offenders, who did the right thing. They took their dope money, and they went to school, they got trained in how to do green jobs, they got trained in nonprofits, and guess what? They asked a simple thing. Based upon Mrs. Obama saying how you can feed people with gardens, why can't we, Brother Mark, why can't we take the same empty lots that we're growing illegal weeds on, marketing to our people, why can't we get the funding to turn them same empty lots and, and grow some legal greens? Now, that simple answer came from the street. But guess what? It's been over a year. And guess what we're doing? Still analyzing can we do it or not. And so while we're still analyzing, they back in the street making billions, keeping us working, because that's what they do with the illegal money. They buy socks and clothes and T-shirts and gym shoes and gas and cigarettes. They keep the illegal economy, unfortunately, is what's keeping the legal people working. And if we ain't got enough sense to turn that around, we're making a damn fool out of ourselves when we're supposed to be the ones who got the sense, but the people that ain't got the sense is out there running the streets, keeping us working, and, 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 and we got to turn that around. And see, I don't need no study for that. I don't need no – you need to just come and say, how do we do it? That's what I'm talking about. Come to the conference and say, Brother Mar, I like that. Lay it out for me. How do you do it? Not, why should we go on this block? Why should we go on that block? Why do we trust this guy? That's what I'm saying we got to get out of. We need to come with a mind to say, you trust us. Because we've been doing this so long, we know what's happening, and let us tell you. But if you want to come and just jibber-jab for two or three days, then we're going to go right back to the same community, right back to the same desperate economy, asking ourselves why. Okay, uh, uh, Michael Carter, are you on, on the line? You, you, you're back here with us? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you with no static this time. So uh, if you can address, I don't know if you heard the, the question and the, uh, as Mark put it out there, the analysis of analysis based on the demographics that 49% of the black uh, community is not in a, uh, a norm uh, to be reputable role models based on the state of the population of 49%. Rather, 13% is uh, incarcerated and 
uh, 49 or, or 33% is in uh, live in poverty. Uh, and uh, so how do we address that fact that uh well, 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 I, 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 well, first of all, I don't, let, let's just, you know, deal with reality here. Um, the opposite of, 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 of order is disorder. I don't care what it is. If your eyeball falls out your head, that's disorder. You have, if you're born, babies are born with disorders, uh, we get to this planet as human beings, and there we find and discover disorders everywhere. Now, what runs along with the disorder is the fact that if you get comfortable, complacent with the disorder, then you become disobedient. There's a, there's a law in the universe, and that law is, is that whatever that seed is, it's to grow, it's to expand. Well, that's disorder. And I, you know, the judge, he, you know, that's a nice study. Thank you. But I'm not looking for that. I, this is a spiritual problem. We're dealing with a spiritual issue. Don't talk. I run, I run a ministry here, community services. Folks who are homeless come here all the time. First thing they want to do is start talking about their problems. I tell them, I'm not here to hear about your problems. I'm here to give you a solution or help you with a solution. They talk about the aches and pains. Look, man, I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to medical school. <laughs> but when it comes to your soul, that's all I care about. So now here we go. You want an answer to your question, Ron Carter? Here it is. Your soul okay. has an option. The soul that God gave you has an option. And that option is this. It can host a righteous spirit or an unrighteous spirit. And if that boy whose pants are sagging wears those $200 sneakers with that white T-shirt on and he buys every single day, he buys a new white T-shirt every day. That's all across this country. If he takes his money, buys things for his children, and, you know, provides, well, see, that's what he sees when he, when he was five years old. That's what he saw when he got walked out the door in his neighborhood. There was no rocket scientist or no neurosurgeon or no architect or professor at some college somewhere for him to see driving out of their driveway going to their office. He saw the prostitute. He saw the drug dealer, the drug user. So those numbers indicate that that's what a child sees when they go. So what it really comes down to is not just what they see when they go outside of their door. What do they see when they go inside their home? Is the spirit well, of the people in there right? Now, is the spirit of the people in there right? And is the spirit of one that's about creating something and not sitting around See, we don't have meetings in Oakland all the time. I'm not interested in sitting up talking to a bunch of black merchants about the same thing all the time. Mason Tillman and Associates did a $400,000 study with Caltrans. Just to tell black folk in California, black contractors, what we already knew, that there was a disparity. I didn't need a black company. I didn't need a black company to tell me what I already knew. But see, this is what I was happy about. I was happy about the fact that they got the contract for $400,000. You see, mm -hmm. because that meant that there were some lawyers in there, some black attorneys in there, some black accountants in there, some black statisticians in there. There were some black this, that, and the other in there, a part of this thing. So here, here, here we go. Black Wall Street is about in spirit. Spirits don't have stinky breath. Spirits don't have odor. Spirits are either right 
are wrong. And if you are not doing right, your soul will host a righteous spirit. And therefore, whatever you do is righteous. See, what made Martin get up, what made Ralph Abernathy get up, what made Rosa Parks get up, what made Ethan Randolph get up, it wasn't their education. It wasn't the way where they lived. It wasn't their color even. It was a spirit of righteousness. And the spirit of righteousness says there will be no disorder. There will be no disobedience. We won't tolerate it. If we get into that spirit and stop all these damn studies, I'm not coming to Chicago to tell you something about economics. This movement cannot be led by economics. This movement will be led by the spirit. God is a spirit, and you must worship him in spirit and in truth. So I'm not here to talk about some study some judge did because he finally got his right life right in his studies. I'm not interested in what that nigga got to say. What is the status of the spirit of your soul? And if we well, can't you get know, to that, uh, right. God is so, going to continue to chastise us. That's what's happening to black America. If you want to go yeah. left and continue to go wrong, God is going to whoop you behind. And it's not about, oh, Lord, Lord, have mercy. Oh, he's capable of mercy. But are you capable? Of well, we are going to be, yeah, we, what we're doing here at the, when we come to this summit, and it's a four-day summit from kicking off on Friday and ending on Monday with a leadership uh, uh, meeting. Uh, to discuss and follow up. How do, and, and in that time, we have something like 15 to 16 workshops. And in these 15 workshops, as we talk about, and like, Mark, i got to keep using your firm, put analysis of analysis. But based on the work and the style of how Black Wall Street USA and Black Wall Street Chicago and the other uh, Black Wall Streets throughout the country that we're looking at that, not so much of that analysis of analysis, but engaging in a direction of what is the next move, what is right. the and next so, Ron, step. Ron, here, here we... it is, Ron. Ron, here it is. Here it is. Okay. Every last one of those workshops, you're going to have a resolution path at the end. That's fine. Right. I'm glad there's going to be some some sense of we on the move. But see, here it is. When we come out of every last one of those, from the International to the Women's Forum, when we come out of each one of those, it's not about calling San Diego or calling Philadelphia or Miami or some black leader or some organization and saying, is this all right? Can we go this route? No, we're going that route. Okay. Based on what Chicago does, based on the spirit of those who are there, it's not, we're not needing to say, oh, well, let's not look at this study over here and let's break this down over here in these graphs and these bars. No, we're not doing that. Each workshop, we will set the tone for the economic revival of black America right there. Why can we do that? Because God has given us that right. If we use the tool of obedience and use the tool of order, God is not about your problems. He, he's not obsessed with you going through. Because he's already set the tone that no matter what you're going through, I got the answer. So we don't need to have a study for that. That's set in, that's set in the universe. That's set in stone. Like the king said, that the, the, the righteousness bends towards uh, righteousness. He said something about righteousness bends the right justice. Of righteousness bends in the right direction when it comes to mankind. David said, well, how, do we, 
upon the workshops and as resolutions are presented, resolutions are adopted, then the focus is how do um, you see as the national chairman, even taking into consideration that Mark is going to be heading the the legislative uh, uh, workshop, how do we and how would Black Wall Street integrate the different agendas? Uh, take, for example, the legislative concern of Oakland based on it may differ from the legislative agenda or concerns in Chicago or Atlanta or Minnesota or San Diego. Uh, and I understand that that is part of the leadership meeting that's going to happen on Monday, but for those that are not going to be at that leadership meeting on Monday, how do they get a sense of the direction of this net this this national network from the Black Wall Street USA revolution. Ron now let me just take you back to, to when we first met we met on the phone. The phone call. Correct. Now from that phone call and, and let me just preface this by saying I can tell us what legislatures and chambers and all those people vote on, that's nice and dandy, but they have they, they answer to to the constituency. But what started with a phone call when you when you called me and said uh, you know I was on the internet and I discovered what you guys were doing in Oakland. Uh, now you, by virtue of the spirits of those and the souls of your team, that then fostered uh, a, 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 a model, a reality of what Black Wall Street and the spirit was all about by East 75th Street. That started with one single phone call. Now you got. Uh, that Colvin over there in the House in Illinois passed the resolution and, 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 and uh, Trotter in the Senate. That came because of one phone call. That came because your, your spirit in you, brother, connected with the spirit in me. And then uh, Mark Allen and look at Sonia. Look at Sonia. She is an angel. But that's a spirit mm -hmm. there. There's something in her. And then you, you just spread it on out with your team, and then we go on across the country. You yeah, know, that's what I'm saying. saying you hear that, Sonia? She always asks why she do what she do. You hear that, Sonia? <laughs> yes, sir. You hear that? Yes, All right. sir. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Reverend Carter, right. but I, right. Sonia, I have to make sure Sonia understood that. Okay. Because, I, you know, it, again, uh, um, my, my grandfather, he was not college educated. My grandmother wasn't either. She went a little bit. Uh, he dropped out in the third grade. But what I learned from him is how to treat a lady. It was a spirit in him. So all I'm saying is after each one of these workshops, everybody who attends, we're going to charge them. This is, not, this is going to be unlike anything they've ever attended. This is not about some meeting sitting up in some chair somewhere. And you know that from experience, Ron, when I came out to Chicago the first time, I had that baby in that woman's belly jumping. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you see the spirit. I'm not interested in some educated man or who's over whatever organization, Urban League. God bless them. I love them. You know, it's not about that because when Black Wall Street Tulsa started, there was no NAACP. There was no Urban League. Them folk had a spirit. The Civil Rights Movement. Let's go on back to the the movement where church black churches started to organize. That was a spirit. That wasn't about. And then all this other junk, junk came along. So now, if we're going to do this, we must do it in the spirit. And after each workshop, after each forum, everybody who attends. They will be given the charge. Well, you showed up here. Now, if you just showed up here to be nosy, to see what's going on, 
and you're not a part of this, but if you showed up because there's something in you, something that's driving in you that makes you want to create something for people that will be living 200 years ago from now, rather. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested well, in Negroes right now, Ron. We got to get that. We got to send that message. This is not about us right now. And so those few folk at this, at the, at this conference here in August who show up, they will be charged with assignments. They will be charged. Well, now, when you leave this conference next Sunday, you're going to walk into your pastor's office or whatever and tell him, Pastor, I want to come here and talk to you about this. You won't come to your employer if he's a black employer and say, listen, man, this is what we're doing. It's no longer asking for, for permission. Now, this may sound arrogant coming from me, but you must understand something. When you're in the spirit and you want order, I may not be in order all the time, and you want obedience. I may not be obedient all the time, but that's your driving desire. And that's the only thing that, that's, that's the state of black America, disobedience. And until we turn that around, we want to sit on the radio like we're doing right now and do an analysis of paralysis. I agree with my brother. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with my brother. But the reality is, until we change, I'm, I'm going to say share this, I didn't want to say nothing, but Sonia hit me in the chord when she said about mothers or, or parents who may not teach their children. I'm going through something in my own family now, and this may help somebody. My, the mother of my children suffered abuse, domestic violence, at the hands of uh, other father's children. I love this woman. I love her dearly. Uh, On last week, because she's not able to get the help she needs, she took my 11-year-old daughter's head and just pounded it on the ground eight times. Be her with a broom. Now, let me say this. Do you think my daughter's going to get the right message from her? She's not a bad mother. She's sick. She, she suffers from depression. You must understand something. The only three brothers and Sonia that I'm able to deal with this situation is by walking in the spirit and not being disobedient and trying to bring some order to it. I got my five-year-old son with me. I got a 16-year-old and an eight-year-old. My eight-year-old said he ain't going back home because there's this order there. We're not giving up on her. We love her. We're going to fight for her. We're going to get her the help she needs. But the only thing, are you listening to me, is that the spirit, me and my children, must be right to get through this. So if anybody listening, when you show up in Chicago, know that I'm not coming there to deal with some foolishness. I'm not coming there to analyze. I'm not coming there to meet. I'm coming there to slap the spirit right in your face so that you'll understand that 80 years from now, 180 years from now, whoever's living will be the beneficiary of whatever spirit that we contain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, Mark uh, indicated, uh, he put it uh, in another way, and he talked about the spirit of the of uh, of the music in which at that time we're speaking about the 60s the late 60s where that that spirit of movement was in the in the songs of 
uh, Curtis Mayfield and the uh, and oppressions and even the temptations and they 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 carried that message of moving on up and uh, a train is coming and and all those things as uh, Mark indicated matter of fact on a television show last night uh, and as I will can I ask the both of you as we as the hip hop movement have a uh, for the most part a different type of spirit, if you will, in their music that is producing the results of our youth today, how do we be able to capture that same spirit that we will have? Now, we are going to have a youth panel at this summit, and I've been talking to youth, and they will be present, and they're going to sit through the whole summit. And as they sit through the whole summit, because their leaders tell them to be there, how do we make sure that that message and that spirit is uh, uh, bounced off of them and into their hearts that they feel that same passion of what this whole Black Wall Street movement is all about? Well, well, in, in my judgment, Mark Allen, in my judgment, once again, I teach the child which they should go. Look, out of the mouth of some at-risk children who came to somebody looking see on TV, you know the president. Well, look, brother, we don't wake up every day just wanting to sell weed, but man, we got rent due Monday, and we ain't got time to wait to go to your six-month class on ABCD, brother. How can we do this now? Either you gonna provide some leadership and say, tell you what, brother, this time next week, we gonna go over here and get you that empty lot from the alderman. We gonna let you grow them lettuce and tomatoes and sell to your people. We gonna switch this thing around. Now they believe you, but then guess what? You gotta go to committee. You gotta go do this. You gotta write a program. You know what they tell you? That ain't no leadership. Let me go back to where the reality is, where the money is. Because they didn't tell me to go to no meeting. They said, look here, you need to make some money. You take this 50, and by the end of the night, you have 500. And then when you see that, you say, wait a minute. Like that? Well, let's do that again. And so while we're still over here saying, wait till the next summit, people got bills. And so you force a lot of good people to do some uh, bad things because somebody else took the time to walk down the street and show them kids the wrong way to make $5,000, and the ones who down the street with the legal way to do it still having 90-day meetings and having another resolution, I'm saying we're supposed to come and say, look, trust me, we didn't been through this movement. Trust me, Michael Carter. When you come to Chicago, trust me when I tell you. I didn't come here to ask you nothing. I came to tell you, man, that here's the example of how you can take this model, go back to Oakland, and pass the same resolution here. Why we got to meet all day? Or whether or not it is, you got to trust me. Because if it worked in Chicago and got people passing legislation and legislators coming to the table and bankers coming to the table, trust me. And take this back with you. But don't come and debate with me. Why didn't you do it this way? Why didn't you do it that way? Well, let's try this. No. So we got to give people the reality of what they're looking for. And, and, and the answers are there. And so you're right. God punish you. I gave you the majority of the population, friends. I gave you. You're no longer the minority begging for something. I gave you 600,000 people to run this city, and you steady let 200,000 whoop you in the butt. So we don't have to come. Yeah. 
Okay, so we don't so have we to got come. a call on the line, and let me kind of get the call on in, uh, based on our time is winding out. Uh, uh, Sonia, we have a caller? Yes, we do. We have a couple of callers on the line. Welcome to Black Wall Street USA uh, from area code 301. Please stay on the line, everyone. We're going to get to you. You're on the line, area code 301. Thank you. Hello, caller? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, we hear you good. Where are you from and uh, your name, sir? My name is Bob. I'm calling you from Maryland. Okay, how uh, you doing, Bob? you have a comment or a question? Yeah, let me, let me say um, that I respect your guests and respect all that you've done, all that you continue to do. Uh, I really do admire what you're doing. Uh, let me say that, you know, in my, this is just my humble opinion. I don't care if a thug got $500,000 in his pocket. I personally don't care. They're thugs, and they're not going to do anything with it but destroy our community, which they have done for over 30 years. Set black folk back. We we we, we just getting out of right now. We really ain't in slavery because of the crack and cocaine and all the violence that it has wrought on our community. I I I don't care. And if we ever going to do anything economically, sooner or later we're going to have to realize we have to put the had the thugs go away. Because thugs, they got millions, okay? They always bragging. I was making this much money on the corner. I was doing it. But what happened when you went to jail? They came and took every dime of it. You didn't spend a dime in the community. Nothing happened. And, oh, let, me no, no, no. Saying, and let me end by saying this, brother, sure. and I get, it, get out the way. Um, sure. The only thing black people have today that's fungible, that's marketable, that anybody else wants is our vote. That's the only thing black folk working with today is our vote. Nobody else come to us for nothing but that. And we give it away freely. And we do get some dribs and drafts in our community, a little chump change. And we do nothing with it. We do, we, we do get, you know, we don't get the Goldman Sachs money, but we do get a little bit of something, and it goes to people who are corrupt, and they don't develop anything, and they're not held accountable. So we also have to, I agree in terms of the Black Wall Street, we also have to take control of our vote. And, brother, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Thank you. Okay. Do you have a uh, Black Wall Street in Maryland? I don't know. I'm out I, Well, not, not where I'm from. You know, I'm out here. I'm running for school board trying to get uh, black children on track in our schools here. Uh, I, I, I don't see. No, we don't, no, no, we don't have a black. No, no. You called in to the show before, I believe. Did you? Yeah, I called. Yeah, I called it probably a couple months ago. It was the last time. Right. I, 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 yeah, I remember you. And uh, yeah, based on your running for the school board, and we yeah. talked about the uh, the uh, the D.C. area based on I believe the last I remember you heard I uh, heard from you is that Oakland blacks not I'm sorry not Oakland but Washington D.C. have nearly zero percent of the contracts and vendorship. In Washington D.C. is was that your comment? I believe. Well, yeah, essentially, yeah, that that's correct. That's correct. We don't. Okay. We don't, uh, so with the yeah, uh, with the case uh, that you mentioned, as far as the the quote unquote thugs, and then the non thugs that are not able to receive any substantial parity of the population of Washington D.C. Where do we close the gap if there is no, uh, uh, I guess, no template for those quote-unquote 
from the economic uh, development of where we stand. Let me answer you. I, I, I don't agree with nothing that you just said. First of all, they don't have any business acumen. It don't take no business brains to blow somebody else's brains out with a gun and give them a highly addictive substance. Dang, it don't take no business mind to do any of that. You get it the way everybody else gets it. I worked hard to get to where I'm at. I went to school. I stayed out of trouble. I did what I had to do. I got my education. I'm working it. I'm doing what I have to do to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, you wanted to address that? I'm, I'm tell- one is, I, you know, there's a way of dealing with what should be, but I'm telling you right now what is. You walk down this street on 35th where we are, there's five storefront businesses that would not be open today. Those 20, 30 people working would be on the street homeless if those little dope boys down there were in there by themselves and T-shirts all day. And, I, and so when, when they tell you, when they come to you and say, look, brother, I'm tired of selling this. Why don't you show me how to make some legal money? Now you got a judgment right there. They came to you and said, I'm tired of spending money this way. Then you go to the business and say, wait a minute, if you know that's dirty money, why you take it? Because you got people working, and you want to stay in business. But wait a minute, why can't you do the simple thing? The brother asked you, I want to stop. I'm, I've proven I can take this empty lot and go repaying it and market it, sell it, hire my friends, and keep people working to spend that money. Now, if I ask you, show me how to use it legally to turn it to community gardens, why can't we turn around and do it? We're still talking about it, and so you know what they do? They go right back to where they are, and them same sandwich shops and dollar stores are in business as we speak because them dope money and their drug money is in their bad T-shirts and submarines and gym shoes and rental cars all day long. And so at some point in time, you've got to stop playing games with people because I said earlier, you've got the illegal money down there keeping the legal people working. And if you want to stop it, Turn around and do what the brother asks you. Show me how to use this lot legally and not illegally. And until we do that, we're still debating. A year later, and so they go right back to what they know. And we just got to stop playing with folk. It's just that simple. Well, as uh, uh, my brother from Maryland indicated that, and it's not just in Maryland, uh, he stated that this has been going on for the last 30 years, and there is a resemble of Maryland in Chicago and naturally as uh, uh, a brother Cotton indicated that whatever that analysis of analysis of Oakland uh, of crime may be derived from the drugs as well so it seems as though that black the state of black America is a reflection in every city uh, how do we address that and again getting back to we will have a youth representative, youth representative that's going to be sitting through this summit for the full nine hours as they sit in these uh, through this workshops through the whole session of the Saturday event. Are we sure that we can drive the message? I'll every, every young person there it could wear Pardon? a T-shirt. How every young person on that panel could wear a T-shirt that says no more BS. I, I, I really hope that. I'm not interested. See, we want to throw the, the onus on drugs and thugs and, and, and these young people running the street. Well, where did they come from? Who's children are they? 
You're not about to blame this child who's following you and you stepped in a pile of boo-boo and then you, you turn around and get on him to step in the same pile. That don't make it. That's really only people in the world that blame our youth for their own actions. Their youth. What did you do? What did you create for them? I lived across the street from Allen Temple Baptist Church here in Oakland for two and a half years on Black Wall Street. One of the trustees, they just laid a new parking lot by a white contracting company, by the way. The black trustee brought him a chair, sat down in front of that parking lot because they just laid it, and he didn't want nobody, none of the drug dealers or prostitutes or anybody in the area to trade on that new parking lot. Well, now, here's the question. As long as he sat there all day, he was a trustee. He didn't witness to nobody. He looked at everybody like he was Grand Poobah. But all he had, all these young drug dealers running past him, selling crack and needles flying all around and people drinking. This is, a, this is a, one of your black churches. So now, two and a half years after witnessing this, never seeing anybody come up out of that church, and when the parking lot was dried, oh, here we go. They drove in from all points north, east, west, and south, all over the Bay Area in their bougie cars. They came to Oakland to get their Jesus on in the hood. They didn't drop no money in no black businesses while they were there on Sunday. 30,000 black people come to church on Black Wall Street in Oakland every Sunday. 30,000 from all over the Bay Area. Now, when you walk into this church, you won't see poor folk. Middle class is almost like a social club, if you will. But yet, we want to blame our thugs and our young people for the state of black America. I'm sorry, that's just not going to fly with me. So those young people, that'll be the first people I talk to. And I'm going to tell them, don't take no bull from anybody here at the summit. Hold them to whatever comes out of their mouths. Call their names out. Put them on blast. Make them hold true to whatever comes out of their mouths. Politician, preacher, me. Make it work for you. You see, well, okay, we, 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 cannot, we, we, can, okay, we cannot hold young people responsible, responsible for the irresponsibility of grown folk. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sonia, we have another caller. Um, uh, yes. Quickly, based yes. on we're getting closer to our time here. Yes, we do. We're going to take this last call from area code 704, give them an opportunity to make their comment, and then we're going to permit Mark and Michael to make their closing remarks. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. Welcome to the show. Caller from 704. Hello, Sonia. This is Diane Friday calling from North Carolina. And I How are you doing? Uh, What's your name again? Diane? Yes. And okay. I spoke How are you? with the gentleman who's saying that uh, we should do something about these kids because we don't take the time out to talk to these kids that are selling uh, dope, even though a lot of them are organized. And that's one uh, attribute that they do have because they tell the others what to do and everything. So they can become a leader in a business. But a lot of the people that have, they do not take their time to help the uh, lower class but what i was and the reason that uh and another thing what i'm doing right now is uh in africa well i'm sending food and stuff over there and um i have a blog online and the intention was to ask for donations to go to africa for 30 days and i got a call today because uh 
there's a gentleman who's emptying his store and wants to donate all the food and clothing that he has in the store. And uh, I'm going to need some help. So I'm going to have some fish fries and uh, dialing uh, on the phone. They have to get this. Do you have a uh, Black Wall Street in North Carolina? Oh. You don't? No. You know, uh, um, um, uh, Reverend Carter, you, you hear that? I don't know what happened to her, but we're going to have I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm she here. don't have uh, uh Diane do not have a Black Wall Street in North Carolina. Uh, well, well, uh, Diane, what do you got to do about that? Right. Are you familiar with Black Wall Street, Diane? I've read some information about it, but, see, I, I'm doing a lot of things. I'm helping the uh, some of the Nigerians how to uh, the steps in acquiring a CCR.gov, uh, how to register well, there, and things of that nature. So it's time-consuming, and I have to call over there, or we do it by Yahoo!, so I have my hands full. Do you think do that there like, is a need for Black Wall Street in North Carolina? I imagine there is because our Black Boys and Girl Club has closed. And years ago I told them I went to the uh, director back in the 80s and also to the community action uh, here in Gastonia to get uh, get a grant they had grant writers, and I told them that they need to start putting computers in in their facilities, but they didn't do that to help the kids. Well, we what so, we need to do is to let you know about Black Wall Street USA that has uh, branches throughout the United States and headquartered in uh, Oakland, California. Uh, Michael Carter is the, uh, the chairman who is online with us now. And as we do so, we would like to try to find a way to uh, communicate with you to see how we may be able to communicate with the people in North Carolina in establishing a Black Wall Street. Is Would that be okay with you? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, how can, uh, Sonia, how can we follow up with Diane? Oh, I'm all on the net. Just Google me. Oh, Jay, I'm also a member of uh, BB. Okay, very good, very good. So uh, we're heading at the end of our program. Uh, Mark Allen and uh, Michael Carter, can you uh, give us uh, some closing remarks? But prior to that, as we talk about the, the state of black America, part three, I see that a lot of emphasis was placed on, as Mark indicated, uh, paralysis of analysis, which led into our concern with our youth and the economy of drugs that has been the, the focus of the state of black America 3 on this here particular program. Uh, Michael, uh, would you like to lead in your uh, last words for this evening, and then followed by Mark? Well, no, go ahead, Mark. You go ahead. Well, let me just say this. One, I'd say black people have done the best that they can do. God bless us. But it's not the best that could be done. And, again, we're blaming 
uh, a new generation of young people and a new generation for the failure and shame on us for the God gift that God gave us that we did not provide enough legitimate economic opportunities for our own people. And so now we've left another generation to live on their own. I'll give you one quick example. We close out. Here's the spirit. I, I ran down the west side of Chicago with the three generations of women who for three generations were prostituting because that's all they knew. Everything else didn't work until somebody finally said, we'll get ex-offender job at Walmart. They paying for the same house that they've been paying for for 20 years. Not, and then she said, Mr. Allen has sex now because I want to, not because I have to, but they're paying for it, saying, welcome to Walmart. And I'm simply saying we have busted a lot of our people's dreams because, because they come to the people in the know and ask you to guide them through, and we've guided them nowhere. And we've allowed the negative element to invest more in our people than the people that are supposed to be positive. And I want you to come to Chicago and trust us. When I tell you, I ain't coming to talk to you. I'm coming to tell you what I've seen in these 37 years. And trust me to let me guide you on where I think we should go. And I think we'll go a lot further than coming to debate about how bad it is for each other where we are when we got the collective genius to get ourselves up out of it. And that's the spirit by which I come. Okay, thank you, Mark. Uh, uh, Michael Carter, as we close out. Well, uh, first of all, I, I thank God for, for this, uh, this this fellowship. And I, I apologize for getting emotional a little earlier, but uh, I wanted folks to understand the reality that it can touch anybody's home and family. Um, but now we must deal with this reality. We treat God like crap. We treat him wrong. We do God wrong every single day when we disobey him. And uh, I want to leave this with you, those of you who are familiar with the word of God. Uh, jo uh, Hosea had a girl named Goma. And she went out and just had sex with everybody. And Hosea was mostly concerned about why she was doing what she was doing to him. But he never considered for a moment how man does what they do and disobey God. And until we treat God right, until we treat with him with until we treat him with the adoration and respect and honor that he deserves, I don't care about no Black Wall Street, I don't care about the Urban League, uh, National Action Network, NAACP, any of them, until we treat God right, it's not going to change. And let me tell you, Two things that must have to happen. There must be order and there must be obedience. Mm -hmm. Well, I thank you for those words. I'm going to take those words and uh, carry them with me as we move on to the uh, summit in August. Uh, Mark, my uh, associate editor of South Street Journal, the founder and president of the uh, Black Leadership Development Institute and a host of other things here in Chicago and all the other guests that's making this here show all that it is. Uh, I welcome you and I encourage you all to be with us at the uh, summit and those that can't make it. And again, Diane, we're going to have to follow up with you and a uh, brother from uh, Maryland. Uh, we need to uh, talk and dialogue, and even to the point of maybe in our newspaper, South Street Journal, give you a plug on your bid for running for uh, uh, for office. 
So with that, I want to move it on with uh, Sonia. And how you feeling, Sonia? Are you are are you rested or are you hyped up again? And you remember what Michael Carter told you that what did you tell her, Michael? That she is what? An angel. Thank you. I, I can't I can't so, wait to so I can't wait you to know. get I, I can't wait to get to Chicago to to give her warm embrace because her spirit exudes and 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 I mean she's working hard on the summer so I encourage everybody listening wherever you are. Sonia Purdue has put her foot to the to the on the metal, and you need to register. You need to go online, blackwallstreetdistrict.com, download that registration form, register. Don't just talk about it, but be about it. Thank you, Sonia. I love you. Thank All you right. so much. You heard us, Sonia. So don't be giving me no lip no more, Sonia. Go ahead now. <laughs> <laughs> no, Michael. See, he wear me out. I went in there and wore him out today, Michael. That's why he got all this going, Michael. Don't, don't let him see me. That's what it's all about. I wore him All right. Out. But I want to I thank everyone who's in the Black Wall Street USA with National President Michael Cocker and Associate Editor and Publisher Mark Allen. Ma- Mark, it's always a pleasure to have you. We know you get all... Oh, you get a boy. That 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 <laughs> workshop gonna be something else. I'm gonna have to stop what I'm doing and come on in the workshop market and, and, and check it out because I know it, it's it's gonna it's gonna be smoking up in there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's gonna be smoking, and that's uh, all eyes on Chicago, and that's August twentieth through twenty third. Uh, Ron gave me about two minutes, but I in that two minutes I I, want, <laughs> I have a hard time with this man. But uh, we 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 got a lot to do. We got a lot to say, and it could be a three or four hour show. I know people do four hour shows, but I'm not volunteering, right? So don't get that wrong. So uh, we All have right. an we have an event coming up on the 22nd. Once again, we want you to know we will be doing a live broadcast next week from Brown Sugar Bakery, located at 328 East 75th Street in Chicago. That's Thursday, July 22nd. 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Our show starts at 7 p.m. You know, and I, w- I want to give a shout-out, too, to Angela Williams, who is our uh, Black Wall Street secretary, and she's our Black Wall Street membership chair, and uh, she puts our agendas together. She paints all these pictures. And, oh, Angela, just just everything. So I, w- I want to be sure to mention Southeast Chamber of Commerce's upcoming event. They have an event on July 23rd at the uh, Chicago State Extension Office, 8751 South Greenwood. That's July 23rd. That is one of Angela's events there. And I want you to give uh, give you the number over there, Southeast Chamber of Commerce, 773-734-0626, 773-734-0626. But I want, I want you to point out, too, she's about the Southeast Chamber of Commerce, but she's also a black about Black Wall Street on the twentieth, which is next Tuesday. Uh, Southeast Chamber of Commerce will be hosting a Black Wall Street community meeting. We're not waiting for the community to come to us, Mark. We're going to the community. That's Tuesday, July twentieth, six p.m. at eighty three thirty four South Stony Island in Chicago. For more information, once again, 734-0623. Stony Island is a Black Wall Street district, and we're going to talk about what it means to be a member of Black Wall Street. 
I want to say in the 90 minutes that we have left, you can listen to our rebroadcast on WJPCChicago.com, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. Ron Carter, thank you so much uh, for all that you do. Michael Carter, thank you so much for all that you do. Mark Allen, thank you so much for all that you do. And it is in the spirit, Michael, and it is not undying, and we're going we're gonna to bring all this together on August 20. Have a great night, everyone. This is Black Wall Street USA. Good night. Good night, all. Good night. Good night. A people problem that you people and me. It's so easy, but we could solve this confusion if we tried instead of shooting. Plus, there's no excuse when we have mouths that could use them for apologizing and acknowledging fault instead of falsely accusing, making threats, shouting, and verbally abusing. You see, we could blame race because it's easy and it's legal, but the one common denominator, people, is people. It's a people problem. Internet. The problem is people who neglect priorities and lack 
self-respect. And if it wasn't for people, there would be no war. Guns and knives are not killers. People are. Oh, you, 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 you,